The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. Uh, We're in the midst of a new series titled Christian Healing, which is based on the book Christian Healing by Charles Fillmore. Charles Fillmore is the co-founder of the Unity Movement, or as he called it, in his day, along with his wife, the other co-founder, the Unity School of Practical Christianity, which, by the way, I just love that term, Unity School of Practical Christianity. But anyway, this book is actually his first book. He wrote a lot over 60 years, and they compiled his various lessons into books. This book, being his first one, is really fundamental on the basics of metaphysics. And even if you don't read the book for spiritual healing, per se, it'll give you a great grasp of the fundamental principles that unity espouses. And, you know, and the reason why I say unity espouses is because new thought has fundamentals that go across the board. But they all have their own unique way of presenting some of the principles, their own emphasis, et cetera. So, you know, like, you know, reading Science of Mind really kind of gives you an idea of Ernest Holmes. And, you know, I'm sure there's some books that would say the same for Divine Science, another New Thought brand, or reading some of Joe Goldsmith's books like The Infinite Way or Spiritual Interpretation of Scripture, et cetera, kind of gives you the gist of what he's about. I think this book, Christian Healing, gives a real good baseline of Fillmore's fundamentals. You know, he taught a lot. A lot on a lot of subjects, and especially with metaphysical Bible uh, interpretation. But this book really drills down on really key points, and I strongly suggest, and I am requesting, that everyone who follows along with this series actually get the book Christian Healing. You can buy the book, paperback, hardcover. Um, there are free PDFs online. There are websites that have the the book on it. All you have to do is type it in. Christian Healing by Charles Fillmore. You can even download it, uh, I believe, to your Play Store. It might be on the iPhone as well, so you can have it on your phone. I mean, it's it's literally anywhere you want to find it. So we're going to get right to it because what I want to do is really kind of cover the fundamentals. Now, last week we talked about the true character of being. And, with, and basically that was his chapter on what does unity teach about God? And... I think it's really it was it's a really good fundamental chapter. If you're just picking up on the show, make sure you go back and listen to it, but also read the chapter because again, in this short amount of time, I can't teach the book line by line. I don't, even if we were in a class and and I was in front of you, I couldn't teach the book line by line. You know, you have a responsibility, and I, as a teacher, facilitator, minister, or whatever, also have a responsibility to fulfill. Now, going to page 18 in my book, being's perfect idea, being's perfect idea. So first thing we studied was the true character of being or God, capital B, being. Now, God or being's perfect idea, what is that? 
And this chapter really kind of deals with what does it mean to be the image and likeness of God? What does it mean when we say God within us? What does it mean when we say we're divine expressions of the one mind or ideas in the mind of God, et cetera, et cetera? This chapter really deals with that. I mean, in a real, real clear and practical way. So let's get right to it on page 18. The foundation, first paragraph, the foundation of our religion is spirit. And there must be a science of truth. So, yes, it's a religion based upon the spirit of God, but it's a science behind this truth or this understanding of God. So science just means it's demonstrable. You can prove what you say you believe. It's not just a theory. You can you can get results from what we say is true about God and you. It says the science of truth is God thinking out creation. Now, all that's simply saying is everything is first an idea before it comes into the manifestation. And if the universe, if any of the religious religions and the sciences are true, there are, there were time when where what we understand the at least the physical universe to be did not exist as it does now you know whether it's big bang or is genesis chapter one in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth whatever the whatever you buy into it still says that at one point it didn't look the way it looks now at one point something shifted something changed well the the spiritual thinker the theologian would say that that's God thinking, or as some new thought people would say, ideating, expressing the idea or the ideas of the universe out into manifestation. So Fillmore says God is the original mind in which all real ideas exist. And what this is saying is that that which we understand to be the invisible and visible universe um, are all based on ideas of good, God's life, the idea and divine mind of activity, God's wisdom, the idea and divine mind of orderly knowledge, God's substance, the idea in God's mind or the divine mind of perfect form, God's love, excuse me, you know, and and God's idea or the idea and divine mind of universal oneness and God's power. The idea and divine mind of authority and dominion. They're based ideas. And I'm just using these five because these are some of the five fundamentals that we teach as building blocks into bringing things into manifestation. The book goes on to say the original mind creates by thought. This is stated in the first chapter of John. In the beginning was the word, logos, thought word, and the word was with God and the word was God. And the same with the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him, not anything made that has been made. All right. So chief, excuse me, he's connecting the first chapter of the book of John with this concept that God is the original mind in which all real ideas exist and the original mind creates by thought. So uh, he quotes a Bible Bible uh, encyclopedia that basically says the term logos means thought expressed either as an idea in mind or vocal speech. So you can also say the thought expressed in the beginning was the thought or the thought expressed and that thought expressed was God and the word and that and the thought expressed was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Uh, Braco Erico does a great job even from Jesus's language giving different concepts about thought, about word, about, you know, the intent of spirit. Uh, I don't think he uses the term intent. I'm just using that as, as my understanding. He also uses, said that it, that the colloquial meaning behind it could be mind energy. Or you could say in the beginning was the mind energy and the mind energy was with God and the mind energy was God. And again, other ways of looking at it. But what it also says is from a personal standpoint, in the beginning was my word. In the beginning was my thought. In the beginning was my idea. And this is how we individually create because we like the image, since we're the image and likeness of God, we create like God creates. 
in mind with ideas. We're pulling back for now. All right. It goes on to say, our understanding of the Logos reveals to us the law under which all things are brought forth. The law of mind action. The law of mind action. How do things come into form? The law of mind action. And if you have something um, pen and paper or you can put it in your phone or whatever, what I want you to write down. Every time you uh, read or hear the words, the law of mind action, write. Thoughts held in mind produce after their own kind. Thoughts held in mind produce after their own kind. It does matter. Why? Because when you start hearing, okay, law of mind action, what is that really saying to me? Thoughts held in mind produce after their own kind. So I can't expect to have one way of thinking in a different type of life experience. I can't expect to plant tomatoes and get watermelons. I can't expect to walk around with hate and anger and frustration and have peace, love, and harmony. Thoughts held in mind produce after their own kind. It goes on to say, creation takes place through the operation of what? This law of mind action. He says logos. All right. That God can't even create without law. In other words, the law of divine creation is the order and harmony of perfect thought. So, when we, when we want a manifestation to show up a certain way, what I like to call desired demonstration, that means that we have to have harmony and order in our thinking to produce certain type of results. All right. All right. I love this number, uh, fifth, cha- uh, fifth paragraph on page 18, because I think it really drills home to the uniqueness of new thought. God mind expresses his thoughts so perfectly that there is no occasion for change. Hence, all prayers and supplications for the change of God's will to conform to human desires are futile. God does not change his, or I would say its mind, as if God was a person, or trim his thought to meet the conflicting opinions of mankind. Now, this is teaching God at the principle level. What does that mean? What I'm saying, when I say teaching God at the principle level, I'm saying that God as principle, God as divine mind, God as universal law, God as creator is not affected by the various changes in human consciousness and the results of those things, of, of those thought changes. In other words, God is transcends what we call human error, human problems, human drama, human trauma. So when you know we start trying to fit God into our uh, narrow mental paradigms, to uh, you know, or try to get "quote unquote" God on our side, our team our program, our whatever against somebody else's, that has nothing to do with God. Nothing to do with God. Now, here's the thing, because God expresses individually through us, God as principle is transcendent. God within is imminent, which means, imminent means within, but it also means that the aspect of God within you as you guides your individual life heals your individual life, loves in, through, and as you. God as principle, not two separate gods, but God God as principle and God expressing through you, in you, as you, um, is the paradox of this spiritual science, just like law and grace. It's a paradox to an extent. Uh, H. Emily Cady talks about this in Unity of Spirit. If you haven't read that book in a while, go back, because she talks about... um, there's no reason why we can't have God as principal and God still as loving father, mother. I'm not going to get off into that in great detail. I taught a whole show on that when I did the series lessons on lessons in truth. Anyway, 
So Mr. Fillmore goes on to say on the bottom of page 18, understanding the perfection of God thoughts, man must conform to them. So conforming, he will discover that there is never necessity for any change of the will of God in regard to human affairs. Why? Because God's will is always absolute good for people. We're not always in alignment with that our absolute good. Now, what does that look like when I say absolute good? That means that when we are naturally in alignment, meaning our minds are naturally in alignment with the truth of who God is in, through, and as us, that expresses as harmony, peace, prosperity, love, and joy. And when we are out of harmony with the intent of spirit within our souls, what that looks like is chaos in its various forms. So be mindful that you're not you don't have to pray that God's will for you changes. What we have to pray is for God's will to be done in us because that works. All right. So it goes on to say. On page 19. Man is created it. Uh, man is created the image and likeness of God. Man is therefore a phase of God mind and his mind must act like the original mind. Study your own mind and through it you will find God mind. So this is interesting because Fillmore was the first person I ever read that actually stated. If you want to understand how God works, first find out how you work. Because you're the image and likeness of God. So you want to understand how God mind works, study your own mind. You want to understand how your spiritual uh, God as spirit works, understand yourself as spirit first. And when you have a greater understanding, then you'll understand how you fit in the big picture. All right. Study your own mind. Do your own reflective thinking, your own introspection, your own contemplation. Get your own revelations, get your own realizations, get your own understandings. Then you'll better understand God. So when at that old, I believe it was at the uh, at Delphi in ancient Greece when it was written on the on the entrance door, "Man, know thyself." Yes, know yourself, and you'll discover God. Now, here's the thing. You can also study God and discover yourself. So in a, so when you are studying the principles of truth, like man's perfect being, true character of being, by studying the truth about God, you also discover yourself. So it's more than one way to skin a cat. But either way leads to self-realization. God is I am. And that's the show. But what but that's like a capsule that has a lot in it. And realizing that is one of the things that helps us go forward. Now, uh, we're coming up on our first break. So I want to remind you that this show is supported by your donations. And as you have freely received, please freely give. Um, You can click on the donate button at on Unity uh, Online Radio's website www.unity.fm If you're listening to this as a podcast later, you can always go back and click on the button to and donate to help support this online ministry because this message is going all over the world, not just this show, but all the shows on Unity Online Radio. And we know that when God moves to supply, many and most of the time, that looks like somebody sharing from their heart being open and receptive to spirit to allow spirit to do what spirit needs to do. Anyway, we're going to take our first break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support.
we are all on the journey together, making sense of this life, finding our spirituality, growing and evolving. As we travel through this world, Unity Magazine is your resource for gaining a deeper understanding of life. Unity Magazine is on the forefront of spiritual discovery with articles and features from leading authors, teachers, and philosophers. Stimulate your thinking and strengthen your spirituality with Unity Magazine. Sample a free trial issue or subscribe today at unitymagazine.org. Like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace. And explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'll light a candle in your name. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. All right, welcome back to Truth Transforms. Again, I'm teaching the book Christian Healing. I do want to let you know that you can call into the show at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. Uh, give me a call if you have any questions or would like to make a comment. Anyway, all right. Uh, page 19, last paragraph. Uh, well, right before the uh, last full paragraph, it states, God is living, acting thoughts. God mind is thinking in you, and it is pushing your mind to grasp true ideas and carry them into expression. So when H.M. Lecate, for instance, says God uh, desires God tapping at the door of your soul, seeking to express, that's basically a paraphrase, but that's what she teaches. Uh, she's saying that these ideas of good are seeking expression through a conduit and this is Fillmore saying the same thing that these ideas are pushing at your mind saying express me now you're going to be open and receptive to allow the ideas of good to express through you have have you ever had an idea you didn't do anything with and you saw somebody do something with with the same idea you know that you didn't tell anybody or they would have had no reason to to uh, know you or know anybody that you know yet, especially before the Internet era. Uh, yet they had the same idea and they ran with it after you had it first. But you didn't do anything with it. Therefore, since you didn't do anything with it, divine mind is going to is going to keep expressing because God is no respecter of a person. Finding an open and receptive channel to bring these ideas into expression. How this works, I don't know. You know, I think one of the things is, you know, you know, I'm I'm big on being analytical when it comes to spirit, but I'm also big on saying when I don't know how a thing works exactly, I don't know, but I'm willing to trust that it works. I cannot explain in great detail all everything that goes into making a computer work. And get on the internet. I'm sure it's a lot uh, more to it than turn on the power. First of all, make sure it's plugged in. You have electricity. Turn on the power button. Make sure you have a monitor and a mouse and a keyboard and speakers and all of that. I'm sure it's a lot that goes into making sure that the Windows or the or the Mac or whatever you use turns on properly. I'm sure it's a lot that goes into an individual program like Google Chrome or Safari or Internet Explorer coming on. I'm sure it's a lot of detail that goes into IP addresses connecting to websites opening up. So it's a lot that goes into streaming. I'm sure it's a lot that goes into all of that process. But here's what I do know. If I know the basic exterior steps, as I just explained, I can get 
what I need out of that experience. In other words, I can be on that website listening or reading or watching what I desire. I might not know all the intricate points, but I know the basic principles to get me where I need to uh, get to and and experience what I desire. So it's the same with new thought. It's the same with any spiritual science. You might not know all the intricate movements that go along, but if you have the basic fundamentals, you can get out of life what you desire. That's all I'm saying. All right. So the paragraph goes on to say it is therefore true in logic and in and in excuse me and in inspiration that man and the universe are within God mind as living acting thoughts. So God and God, we are in God and God is in us. So, you know, people always say, well, God's within me, but we're also in God because we teach that God is omnipresence, not just omnipresent. Omnipresent means God is everywhere equally present. Omnipresence means God is the all and only presence. So they have a term that is used in theology called panentheism, which is different from pantheism. Many times when people are trying to teach theology, they'll use certain terms to try to get certain points across, like theism, which is a concept of God. And some people call it supernatural theism, which is God is up there imposing on creation separate and apart from God. So many religions think there's a God and then there's a universe and separate individuals and God and God's holiness. um, God is totally separate. God's holiness is totally separate from God's creation. God created uh, the universe and people and life and et cetera. But in and of itself, the creation is in divine. That's one concept. Then there's a concept called deism. D-E-I-S-D-E-I-S-M, I believe. Anyway, deism is God created it and then left the creation uh, to fend for itself. I empowered you, now do your job. If you mess it up, I'm not coming to fix it. Um, theism, and, or supernatural theism, as some people call it, believes that God intervenes with the with the prophets and the saviors and the, you know, Red Sea experiences and, you know, all that other type of stuff that is taught in many of the different religions. And then there's pantheism, which New Thought and many other um, metaphysical uh, schools of thought, like Hindu metaphysics and some things and certain levels of Buddhism and, uh, and Taoism teach, which is it's all God. Uh, in other words, OK, everything is God. But then there's an evolved level of it. And I think this is what Fillmore is trying to talk about here, which he, but he didn't have the term panentheism, which means everything is in God. See the difference? Everything is in God. Instead of it's all God, everything is in God. It takes the best of panentheism, which is the eminence of God, God within or throughout creation. Yet God is still transcendent of that which it is in which i know is a high thought but i want you to get the concept behind it it's taught in scripture in the book of acts as paul speaking and mars hill saying uh you know god is not found in temples made by human hands or whatever uh for in him we live move and have our being in him and in him we live get it in him in God, in the principle, in the omnipresence, in the omniscience, in the omnipotence, we live, move, and have our being. So God is within us, and God is also transcended of of creation. So everything is in God. That's panentheism. So uh, um, I think this is what Fillmore is trying to get across. And you can look up those terms on your own. Um, one of the best uh, works I read on breaking down those levels were two books. One was a book called, I think it was Remedial Christianity by Paul Laughlin or something like that. I think that was the name of it. I don't know if the, na- the book is still in print, but it was a good book. And the other one was The God We Never Knew 
by Marcus Borg, the God we never knew. And he shows these higher concepts that showed up over and over again in the Bible, in the Hebrew scriptures or Old Testament and the New Testament. All right. Back to New Testament or Christian scriptures. Anyway, moving on. He says, God mind is giving itself to its creation and those creations are thus evolving an independence that has the power to cooperate or to oppose the the original God will. So in other words, because God's power is within God's creation, we have the ability to say no to the intent of the creator. That's something else. So we're free to create our own experiences. With the same power that can create our good, we can absolutely create our ill will, our issues, our drama, our lack, our whatever, individually and collectively. All right. All right. So at the bottom of page 19, he writes, every man asks the question at some time, what am I? God answers. Now, this is Fillmore speaking. God answers. I love this. Love this. This is something to pray and meditate on. Spiritually, you are my idea of myself as I see myself in the ideal. Physically, you are the law of my mind executing that idea. Mm, I'm going to read it again. Spiritually, you are my idea of myself as I see myself in the idea, in the ideal, excuse me, physically. You are the law of my mind executing that idea. So if since we're spirit, soul, body, spiritually, when he says spiritually, you are my idea of myself. That's the spirit. That's the Christ. That's the perfect pattern. That's the I am. That's your spiritual identity. Spiritually, you are my idea of myself as I see myself in the ideal. So the spiritual you is as God sees itself because it is God. There's no separation. God's idea of itself is God. Physically, meaning form, body, life, world, and affairs, you are the law of my mind, your soul, your consciousness, your awareness is God mind, God consciousness, God awareness. That's why, you know, I never... I used to always remember Reverend Coleman saying, there's only one mind and we have consciousness in the one mind. So she was saying there's this universally connected, what we would call uh, intelligence, that we all have intelligent use within. So my use of mind is the mind of God in me used to create or express physical manifestations. Physically, you are the law of my mind. Ooh, Physically, you are the law of my mind executing that idea. What's that law? Thoughts, thoughts held in mind produced after their own kind. Law of mind action. All right. So what he's saying is humankind, you are awesome. You are powerful beyond measure. But you have to know who you are. As Reverend Coleman used to say, oneness means sameness. So when you say I'm one with God, that's what you're really saying. And that's what I tell people at Christ Universal Temple all the time. Do you realize how radical it is to start your church service with the statement, I am one with God. I am one with all people. I am one with all life. I am one with the one. That's how we start every Sunday service. Everybody affirms, I am one with God. I am one with all people. I am one with all life. I am one with the one. Think about what that means. And let that land. This You're not just this human personality with a past, with a body you like or dislike, or a look you like or dislike, or a job you like or dislike, or with enough money or not enough money, or with enough relationships that you like or not enough, or whatever. You are God's idea of itself. 
You are God's idea of itself. I am God's idea of itself. This is why Fillmore says in on page 20 in the ninth uh, second or second paragraph, number nine in my book. He, my book is numbered by paragraph. If you know the mysteries of being, see yourself in being. In other words, if you know the mystery of God, see yourself in God. Know yourself as an integral idea in divine mind. Or as Reverend Coleman would say, I'm an idea in the mind of God ever in his care and keeping. That was her way of saying, I'm, I can't experience lack and drama and trauma and all this whatever because I'm an idea in the mind of God. If I'm an idea in the mind of God, I'm always secure. I remember when I first came, um, before I came to CUT, I heard a, um, a tape of Reverend Coleman uh, that my mother, mother uh, let me borrow. You know, I'm not getting to the long story how I got to CUT. But in the, anyway, on the tape, uh, Reverend Coleman said, if you're going down the street and you see some people looking kind of funny, that was her way of saying they look dangerous. She said, remind yourself that God can never do anything to harm himself. And that blew me away. God can never do anything to harm himself. What she was saying is, if you really have a pure realization of what that means, even if people had intent, it can't touch you. And I can't explain why it can't touch you. But for whatever reason, think about how radical that thought is. You're one with the quote unquote criminal and God is in them and the God in them. When you acknowledge it, when you call it forth, shifts how they react and respond to you. Mm. God will never do anything to harm himself. Mm. Just a thought. We're getting close to the second break, so I do need to remind you, yet again, if you do have a question, you can call in and ask me, and I will cover it. You know, I'm not going to get through this whole chapter, and I'm not going to try. I want to just hit some highlight points. I also want to remind you that the show has a Facebook page, so please go on Facebook, look up Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. It's uh, a quick way to um, share this message with others, like stuff, share stuff, videos, audios, whatever. And it's a really quick way to get in contact with me as well because the page has an inbox. So many times people just, you know, when they have a question and they're too shy to call me, uh, I'll end up getting a, a message via that page or the page's inbox. So that's open to you as an opportunity. So with that, I want to make sure that that's covered. Um, I also wanted to remind you that uh, the Universal Foundation for Better Living has a annual uh, conference called the Panorama of Truth. And I would like you to go to www.ufbl.org and take a look at it. Um, www, excuse me, www.ufbl.org and take a look at the Panorama of Truth conference. And I believe uh, it's in Jamaica, Montego Bay. I might have the net place wrong just because I'm teaching a book. My brain might not be processing that right because I'm on spiritual mode right now. But I want you to really be present to you can come and be around some spiritual uh, people of high spiritual consciousness, learn some, from some magnificent spiritual teachers and enjoy Jamaica. Uh, when I come back from the break, I'll make sure I have the city right. Uh, but anyway, uh, we're going to take our last break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity online radio live or on demand. 
To learn more, visit www.unity.fm and click on mobile listening. Benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential, tune in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right, welcome back to Truth Transforms. So at this point, I want to make sure that you all have a good understanding. So I do want to again give you the opportunity um, to call in to 888-558-6489-888-558-6489. So make sure you take advantage of being able to call in. All right. Now, back to the book. because I'm going to try to get it, um, as much in as I can. Um, page 21, or excuse me, well, let me deal with this page 20 really quickly, then I'm going to move on. Um, when he talks about the Trinity, he says the, um, the Trinity is known commonly as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Metaphysically, it is known as mind, idea, expression. In other words, these three are one. He says, it this way, I want to put it this way. There's mind. A mind has an idea, and the idea expresses. So God as Father is the principle, the mind, divine mind. God as Son, the Christ, the I am, is the idea of the mind, and the expression, activity of that idea is the Holy Spirit. All right. So anytime, for instance, you, you hear about the, the spirit move, the Holy Spirit move in, in, in Scripture it's the Holy Spirit leading this Holy Spirit, guiding the Holy Spirit, demonstrating. That's simply saying that that's the activity or the expression of the God mind, not three separate beings and not trying to fit a Christian concept into oneness, re- but realizing that that God expresses in many aspects, but it's just one God. All right. So that's why we can say as people with individualized expressions of God, that doesn't take away from God being God. It's simply saying that God expresses in many aspects. God can express his love. God can express his wisdom. God can express his life, et cetera, et cetera. It's the same thing. All right. Now, going back to um, the book, page 21. Bottom paragraph, the mind of God is spirit, soul, body. That is mind, idea, expression. The mind of man is spirit, soul, and body. When it says the mind of man, I, I think he's saying in the context that man is a threefold being, not separate from God's mind, but existing in it. Again, not separate. So even when we look up and say, okay, I have a body, we think it's separate from God and separate from everything else. No, it's not. It's an expression, and it's just as connected to God as everything else is because in him we live, move, and have our being. All right. But existing in it and making it manifest in an identity particular to the individual. So based upon my 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 body even shows up as a particular expression based upon my soul consciousness and obviously the genetic patterns of our parents. So what's important that we realize is this is how this life and intelligence shows up over and over again as um um as this is how this pattern of 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 god shows up over and over again as individualized expression we need to be really mindful to that because if not we'll try to uh think that we're supposed to be showing up here like somebody else you know 
Okay. Anyway, it says every man is building into his consciousness the three departments of God, mind, and his successes. In the process, is evidenced uh, by the harmony in his consciousness of spirit, soul, and body. In other words, am I looking at myself as totally just uh, a physical being? Am I looking at myself just as a mental being? Or am I looking at myself as a spiritual being? In other words, I could be so spiritual, I don't even take care of my physical needs and things I need to handle. So we need to be mindful that we are spirit, soul, body. So the, we need to be aligned with the spirit, but not ignore the body. The body needs good food, the body needs rest, the body needs care, you know, the body needs sleep, you know, water and the things it needs to do what it does. The mind needs to be stretched, it needs to be evolved, it needs culture, it needs it needs evolution. So we can't be one trick ponies or even two out of three the idea behind it is to make sure that spirit, soul, and body are expressing in harmony with each other. That's one of the things that I believe uh, um, many of the martial arts in China and the Asia in general got. Okay, if I'm doing the Tai Chi, I'm realizing that there's an energy within me, and I have to use my mind. They call it Chi. And I have to use my mind to direct it, and through relaxation and through breathing and soft movements, I learn to harmonize and move my mind with my body as I'm focusing on this inner energy, whatever I call it, spirit, life, chi, uh, prana, whatever, is talking about an energy, a life force that we need to be mindful of. So, you know, so... Finding ways to harmonize that matters. I think this is why people are going and aligning with yoga because it's teaching people how to meditate. It's teaching people how to stretch and strengthen their bodies, which and the things you do have to harmonize and work together. All right. I'm not saying go do that, but it you could it couldn't hurt you to learn some Tai Chi, some Chi Chi Kong or Qi Gong or yoga. It couldn't hurt. Trust me at all. It can, I think it can only help as long as you're around somebody who could teach you properly and, and et cetera. And you don't have to um, put them up as being something that they're not. You know, in other words, you know, just because the person's good at yoga or kung fu does not mean that they uh, have the uh, ability to tell you how you should run your life. Because I think that sometimes happens when people get attached to these quote unquote masters. But that's another conversation, not for today. All right. Okay, uh, page 23, talking about the perfect idea. This perfect idea of God, of God, man, is your true self. God mind is under the law of thought, constantly seeking to release this perfection in you. It is your spirit. And when you ask for its guidance and place yourself by prayer and affirmation and mental touch with it, there is a great increase in manifestation in your life. So what he just did was one, he connected all of this theological um, terminology to one basic step. That perfect idea is you. It's your spirit. Then he said, what do you need to do? You need to ask for guidance and place your, uh, and your place in this overall plan of good. How do you do that? By prayer and affirmation. What does prayer and affirmation do? It gets you a mental touch. When you get mental touch, what happens? A greater increase in manifestation in your life. Okay, he's he's showing how that process works. All right. In the next paragraph, in the middle of it, he he writes, this means that we must think of ourselves as God thinks of us in order to appreciate and receive his thoughts and to bring forth the fruits. So yet again, it makes no sense to you to think of yourself as a worm of the dust or who am I to be able to do this or not do that. But to really get present to the to one basic thing. I am an individualized expression of the one mind. I am divine spirit. I am love. I am whatever. Whatever is true about God is true about me. And affirm that. Think of yourself like that. You know, as Fillmore talks about in the book Prosperity, I think this is a paraphrase, but the gist of it is um, 
you know, I am the image of God, and therefore, you know, I'm basically says I must think, I must think as God thinks. Now, he said that's a lofty quote, but the idea behind it is making sure that you are affirming what's true about you. All right, how do we do that? On page 25, he says, only through the superconscious mind can we behold and commune with God. So this is why we pray and we meditate and we affirm, uh, or as the New Thought people say, use treatment or treat, which is a form, basically affirmative prayer. Why is this important? Because there's a higher awareness within you. Call it the Christ mind, call it the superconscious mind, kingdom of God within you or kingdom of heaven within you, etc. that knows your oneness with God. And you have to be able to make sure that you can play with it and contact it and work with it. You have to commune with it. And it reveals itself to you in ways beyond my ability to explain because that's your individual experience. All right. He goes on to say, in this bottom of page 25, in this matter of sonship, it is one important point that we should not overlook. That point is the difference between those who perceive their sonship as a possibility and those who have demonstrated it in their lives. You must be born anew with the proclamation of Jesus. The first birth is human. The self-consciousness of man is an intellectual and physical being. The second birth being born anew or born again or born from above is the transformation and translation of the human to the higher plane of consciousness as the son of God. That's powerful right there. So you're, you're, when you show up physically, you, you evolve in the understanding of your physical and mental being. But being born again or born anew is the realization that transforms you and translates you from a human concept to a higher plane of consciousness as God's idea of itself, son of God. The second birth, he says, is that which is that in which we put on Christ. It is the process of a mental adjustment and body transmutation that takes place right here on earth. So mental adjustment and body transmutation looks a lot like everything in your world shifts and changes because you're a new creation. In Christ, in Christ Jesus, in the sense he says, have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, is the epitome of mental and physical change that may require years to work out. This is this is key, because when you realize that. That being born again is not some, okay. let me accept this so I can get to the heaven by and by or or avoid the trap door of hell but actually the a transformational process that happens in your soul that awakens you to the truth of who you are in God what does it really mean to be born again and it's not a one time process it can be but let's just be honest I don't think that's the uh, the that's factual for for the overwhelming amount of people. Um, it's normally an evolution of born again experiences that allows us to wake up, get clear, and get going toward the understanding of who we are in God. This is really clear to me in Fillmore's writings uh, that. We're supposed to express uh, just as much of God and more than even Jesus. Just as much or even more. So instead of putting putting Jesus on the pedestal, look at Jesus as the benchmark. Like a Kobe Bryant or LeBron James did Michael Jordan that, you know, not as a competition thing, but as a realization if Jordan could do that, why can't I do that? So again, on page 29, there are statements for the realization of the Son of God. So my request is to take three of them. You can do all of them if you choose, but take three of them that resonate with your soul and start affirming them for this week, just one week until next week's show. And then 
um, allow it to process within you. What are you doing? You're building up a new level of awareness of what it means to be the, the I am of God in expression. So we'll be with you next week. We're going to close out. God bless you. And I'll be with you next week with truth transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. You've seen reality TV. Well, now get ready for reality radio. It's raw, unpredictable, and completely unscripted. Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels follows the lives of four people each season as they face their fears and overcome challenges. Listen in weekly and follow along as they take each faithful step on their journey. Learn what it takes to really heal your life. Dr. Chris Michaels shows you how to expect specific and measurable results from prayer. He says we must place a demand upon consciousness. We don't hope to get what we pray for. We expect it. As a 25-year veteran in the New Thought Movement, Dr. Chris has helped thousands of people find their way to success and healing. His faith is unshakable, and his commitment to helping others heal through the power of prayer is extraordinary. Don't miss Reality Radio. Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels, live Mondays at 11 a.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to focus your attention inward with these words from Elizabeth Searle Lamb. This is a new day. Lead your conscious mind to that still haven of your soul where your indwelling Christ opens wide the doorway of your heart. At once, mind, soul, and body, you are flooded with the light and love of God. You are lifted high above this earthly plane and filled with the radiance of spirit. Send this love and light on to those whom you hold dear so that it may uplift heal and comfort them as you send this radiance on you are filled with a new sense of god's power and you release this power to the whole world to uplift guide and bless all people a day's tasks await you but god is with you and with god's help all shall be done perfectly this meditative moment is brought to you by unity What if you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. 
My name is Nadia De La Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.